breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's the Glitter Boys! We've heard your cries, we've heard your pleas echoing through the night air that of all the things in Palladium that you want, that you need, that you crave to hear more of, it's our run through the Rifter series. So here we go with (laughs) Rifter number eight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, hot demand. Honestly... I, I really like doing these. I, I, they're, they're fun. They're, they're easy. And there's, there's, it's, it's such a grab bag. Like it's not a, it's not a, a, a world dive. It's not a, a complete role-playing game. It's, it's snippets. It's what, it's what Dragon Magazine used to be. It's just such, such a fun thing. I, I, I love these and I wish they were still doing these. You really hit the nail on the head there. As I was reading this one, I kept thinking back to Dragon Magazine and how mm-hmm. much I loved that magazine and how I miss gaming magazines. Like now we yeah. have blogs and nothing's in print anymore. It's all digital and, you know, random sporadic articles. And we can follow individual writers, but there's no mm-hmm. like, you know, major publications out there that I am aware of. I, I miss yeah. it. I, it was uh, holding a dragon was always a, it was a delight. Like when you got it in the mail and you little articles in there and the letters from the editor and letters to the editor and the comics and just the, yeah. the, the weird things you might use in your game. And then, of course, Dungeon had all the adventures. Rifters like that. Like looking at this, it's yeah. like, oh, man, I, I would have loved to have received these in the mail. Yeah, I kind of wish that I... I, I came from a, an economic structure that would have allowed me to do all of this back when it was being released, because this is like, this is at, at a quite a bit of a remove. And I just, this would have been so good to have, cause this was the, uh, the year 2000. Like the, this, this came out when I moved to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was Halloween mm-hmm. 99 and everything in it is yeah. basically, well, we'll get to it, but yeah, it focuses on the year 2000 and things that are coming out. Yeah. Like, like right here at the beginning in the whole uh, letters from Kevin Sambita, he talks mm-hmm. about in a few different bits in the, uh, sorry, in the coming attractions, he talks about the, the, the new hot thing, which was Hasbro buying TSR. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know actually it was, it was Hasbro buying wizards of the coast and TSR, which, you know, is, is yeah. TSR, but I mean, like that was, that was the big conglob, right? Yeah, because didn't didn't Wizards of the Coast buy TSR first? I think so. I think that's how it went down. Yeah, and then Hasbro bought bought both of them up. Yeah, this was the one that uh, when Palladium Books was twenty and Rifts was ten years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This was in some ways like the the high point. You know, they had all the licenses. They still had Robotech. They were still doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They they were talking about how everyone was buying and selling and conglomerating and mm-hmm. how palladium wasn't like they were actually expanding and hiring new people. And, and then they talked about, uh, about what artists are paid. Maybe that's why they were able to hire new people because <laughs> they were paid even, even in $2,000, like 
very little. Yeah, but you know, at least it wasn't paid an exposure. Yeah, yeah, and you know, they they there was genuine. I I I felt genuine thanks given, like uh, to Apollo, as you know, uh, where he steps beyond the rifter. Yeah, uh, that bit where where they he actually took time and said, "This is this artist. This is where he started." And yeah, it's it's kind of you know, it's not a lot, but you know, you all know his name now, and you know, we 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 paid him. And he's moving on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Yeah. He took on many of the art projects in the later books too. Yeah. There's a little bit of sadness here though. Talks about uh, their, their artist, Mike Wilson, who I'm pretty sure is the, that signature that we keep trying to place opening a game store here in Portland, Oregon. Unfortunately, that store's no longer there. Yeah. The other side at the Lloyd center. Lloyd Center, ugh, that place. As I understand it, there was a fire in the basement tunnels, which is why they're now flooded with sewage. It, it was for those of you who are not locals. It was uh, the the big nice downtown mall, and it is now not nice. Yeah, Lloyd Center is where the mall rats emphasis on the rats work. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot of abandoned stores and cell phone sellers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what's interesting is I bet that is a great real life adventure site now. Like you could <laughs> you could run a explore the Lloyd Center. Hmm. Maybe we could do a LARP there sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is the other side still here? Do we know? Nope. Gone. Yeah. Gone. 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 Yeah. Oh well. Yep. Uh, there's some talk about Gen Con. Uh, there's the. The coming attractions, and uh, you know it better than me. So let's let's see what happened. Did the Splend Dimensional Market come out? Pretty sure. Is that a thing? I think so. Okay. Yeah. The Ixtic Invasion. Yep. Uh, Free Quebec. I know that one happened. Yep. Uh, Nightbane Sourcebooks. Yeah. Let's see. Pretty much all of these came out. I don't see anything <sighs> that didn't. Yeah. Oh, Scotland and Australia three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those those don't exist. Anvil Galaxy, Siege on Tolkien, yeah. I'm not sure about Anvil Galaxy. I might not have. I, I'm i not super up to date on the later runs of the Dimension books, so that may I or may not exist. I think that's that's very familiar to me. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's there. Uh, this was the third year of the grab bag, which is still going today, going strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in fact, now's a good time to start thinking about that for uh, 2023. You know? And I would like to make a note here. This was in the year 1999 with a minimum price of $40. Mm-hmm. It's 50 now, right? And that's the difference. That's it. Just a $10 increase. Yeah. Not 80. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's that's one of the, the great things about Playdium is it's always been so, so accessible. You know, you mm-hmm. didn't need a huge budget. So then we have more systems failure. That yeah, uh, some nice little rednecky guns adventure. <laughs> and uh, if you're unfamiliar with system failure, go back and see our our podcast on it. Uh, it's uh, it's Y2K, but if the Y2K bug was actual electrical bugs, and we lost our machines and metal and had to fight with biologics. Yeah, it feels a lot in flavor like the movie Tremors. But with yeah. electrical bugs, like so much of the flavor of systems failure seems focused on small town, almost rednecky, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
deep's date kind of adventures so like all yeah. of the character classes are like <laughs> down to earth salt of the earth people yeah like the ridley ridge regulators yeah. mount up yeah it's it's a decent adventure actually it takes you to a few different places yeah. and it's got multiple factions and it's even got a surprise twist at the end which may or yeah. may not happen based upon players actions yeah there's a couple new occs now system failure this was this was something to be aware of when when you're writing a game try not to make it topical to something that's about to happen because <laughs> it'll never happen the way you think and then everyone's going to be but yeah but nothing happened i get the feeling that it was put out as somebody's little side project mm. like all the stuff was probably there i think it was bill coffin who did it and bill yeah. was uh, at least according to this text, Bill was relatively new to the Palladium staff mm-hmm. around this time. It just feels like it might have been his little personal project, and he probably put a lot of the everything into it. So I feel like maybe there wasn't any major loss there with its low impact on the gaming hobby. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, it, it's very topical. It is 100% rooted in the Y2K phenomenon of 1999-2000. Which, as we all know, failed to literally do anything. There is some fun things in here, some uh, real-world stat-ups for some some cool things, such as, you know, a Humvee, the A-10, the Warthog, stuff that you would you could use in any of the moderns. And I just, I really want to see... A complete arms and equipment for each era. Like, I want to see one for fantasy, I want to see one for modern, and I want to see one for the rifts, system failures, the the the, the future forward one. Yeah, yeah. like Or okay. even a mighty tome of everything. When, when we were recording our previous session, uh, something you said about when we were talking about Oh, what was what was the one that didn't bite us? It was uh, that uh, last time. Underseas, underseas, yeah, yeah. Something you had said. I don't even remember what exactly it was that you had said, but it kicked off this train of thought in my head. Of uh, once again, as I do, thinking of ways to reboot Palladium <laughs> and, <laughs> and ways to reapproach the books and their subject matter mm-hmm. and their breadth. And instead of doing something like, you know, underseas, have like a rift's focus on the Pacific or whatever. And following up what you're just saying here, like, yeah, let's have a Palladium book of rift's gear or, yeah. um, you know, equipment of the Northern Hemisphere or some something like that. And instead of having all of these kind of strangely disjointed books that don't always share the same scope, like. Definitely, like, yeah. focus your target material, your subject material, into volumes that fit mm-hmm. that that scope. Like, I think it would have to be along the timelines, though. I, I don't know if it could be regional like that. Because you're going to have to go through everything and cut and paste to begin with mm-hmm. um, to put that together. So it, it, I really think it would have to be not... There could be an annotation on each one as to where it's found, like, uh, you know, PW is Phase World or, you know, CR Classic Riffs. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an era-based equipment, like equipment of the 101 to 105 or something, you know? Yeah, but future, past, modern. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, I think that if Palladium could get to a point where they can finally condense and dewordify their stat blocks mm-hmm. and just use like abbreviations or, you know, have a, a a consolidated reference of what specific terms actually mean, that they could just play on those terms instead of reprinting the same just description of, of ranges or description of effects yeah. or whatnot. If they could condense the stat blocks of these vehicles and gear into much smaller things where one suit of power armor doesn't need to take up six pages of description. Yeah. I think that could work. You could have tomes of, of equipment that could mm-hmm. span everything you could think of from guns to armor to vehicles yeah. of an era. And save all the pictures, though. That's one thing I think. Like everything you see, uh, everything that's written in an A and E, an arms and equipment, should have at least a sketch picture. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's just a, a quick line drawing of what a shoulder-mounted law looks like, or what a you know a ninety millimeter recoilless rifle looks like. Yeah, yeah. And take the you could even take the pictures as they are now, the mm. vast array of palladium gear art, and just sort of shrink it down. You know, it doesn't need yeah. to be a full page picture. Put it in like a little quarter size or. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's more forecasting of what if. <laughs> you know, as, as as we get deeper and deeper into this project that we're doing, I, I think it's less forecasting of what if and like, so where are we going to impact Palladium when we approach Kevin with a finished product and say, hey, you should do this. <laughs> just just print this out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's some video games that I play where some people uh, they have huge huge fan bases, but they have a very uh, cult following kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. their UI, while the games themselves are pretty awesome, the UI is atrocious. And right. you will have fans who will who are professional graphic designers work up mock up UIs that mm-hmm. you're like, why why is this not in place? I'm now tempted to work up a mock-up book of here's how this can be condensed. I was, I was thinking about that too. And I, here's the thing. I don't want to change any of the formatting of, of palladium. I just want to make it referenceable. Yeah. So you're not searching through 30 rifters, you know, uh, a million world books, or was it in the dimension book? No, it was the conversion book. No, wait, wait, wait. It was a source, but it, it, it should when you're looking for a piece of equipment, you, you should have the equipment guides. You could have it in three parts. And when you're looking for the, um, like an, R, an RCC or an OCC, it, it should be there in one of the three guides. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Nightbane's still there, right? That's, that's modern. Yeah. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, we'll probably have to cut this, but <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on next, there's uh Knights of the dinner table <laughs> <laughs> Knights of the dinner table. Yeah. It's, it's another one of the crew entirely being terrible. Are there any yeah. where they're not terrible? Uh, uh, yes. Yes. The, the bag wars. This is also one of the ones that, you know, Jolly was writing specific to this. Um, and if, if that's what, where you're getting your Knights of the dinner table, like, I'm not surprised that, you know, you're kind of, <laughs> Oh God. But um, he he would do this like he would write these these pieces for a game and send them to the creators of the game right to to be included like this is yeah and it's just they're not as good as the normal ones and this one felt even a little less than normal 
<laughs> I, I love me some KODT. I, I really do. I'm a huge fan, but this one was me. Like I, there, there's, there's nothing there. Bob's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Bob always <laughs> dies. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, we got some new monsters for the Palladium Fantasy Role Playing Game. These are all interesting takes on existing concepts. You know, a spider, but it's a spider beetle, and a crow, mm. but it's like. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of a demon crow or curse it's a cursing crow yeah the vampire squirrels are my favorite oh yeah yeah the night gliders are fantastic the six-limbed flying mm-hmm. squirrel monsters <laughs> the tree eels <laughs> yeah <laughs> tree rats this feels this feels very jungly to me yeah yeah like, like it has a jungle not this isn't a temperate forest feel to me I, I feel the same, and I think that is further solidified. Okay, we got some cool magic items, and we got some cool plants, mm-hmm. and yet more drugs, because Palladium loves drugs, despite saying it's not about Fuck drugs. Yeah. But then later on in the book, we have some more fantasy stuff that definitely feels very jungly. Like, they reference mm-hmm. several character classes that are in the Yinsloth Jungles book. So yeah. I think that that was a running theme here. There's a lot of of, of little things in here. But I would like to see more thought on on mighty things, mighty elder things. You know, this is this was a cairn that was raised ten thousand years ago and worshipped for you know, and worshipped uh, in various ways during all that time. And those energies have seeped into the stones and created sentience. And you know, that's what this critter is. You know, this <laughs> that's how you make stone golem. Like, I'd like to see more stuff like that, and not you know, squirrel, but. Or yeah. spider, but you know, yeah, yeah. I, I would like to see the 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 the, the mighty mystic ancients. But mm-hmm. that that's my own personal preference, and I do. I, I will admit, I really do like the squirrels because I've always been suspicious of squirrels, <laughs> and this feeds into that paranoia. I have a book for you to read sometime. It is not Palladium, mm-hmm. but I would say that it is Palladium adjacent. It is yeah. from the the OSR, the old school Renaissance movement. A fella who I consider an online friendly acquaintance by the name of Raphael Chandler writes a bunch of these one-off books that can be used with any of the OSR stuff. And he wrote a creature tome called The Turetic Tome. And it is styled like you, you open the book and it's done in the same print and the same format as the first edition the AD&D monster books. It, uh-huh. it, it looks like it like the same font, the same headers, the same kind of stuff. But all of the monsters in there are just wicked. They are all uh-huh. have these interesting origins and these strange reasons for being that yeah. I think you would dig. I, I like things having effects and causes rather than just being, you know? Yeah, there's the ones that spring to mind immediately are his takes on dragons Mm-hmm. And each of his dragons is a unique creature, and they all are like heralds of some apocalyptic nature. Like, a dragon isn't just the lizard in the forest. Like, this is Mustafanar. He is the piss dragon or something. When when he, <laughs> when he is dragon. approaching, an hour before he arrives, all of the children in town have headaches, and all of, <laughs> all of the plants turn purple. Oh, you know, just... I, I don't have mm-hmm. as good of imagination as Raphael Chandler. Wait, but wait, each wait, of wait, one wait, of his wait, creatures we have, has. We stop, stop, stop right there. 
Any graphic designer listening to this, we need a new t-shirt in our store, and I want it to be Mustafanar the Piss Dragon. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> I want that t-shirt so bad. <laughs> Mustafanar the Piss Dragon. <laughs> Surrounded by crying children. <laughs> So please, if you have any talents along those lines. Uh, um, I, I'm sorry, what you were saying? It's a good book. You should read it. I, I would love to. It sounds it sounds right up my alley. Uh, there's some Nightbane stuff next, yeah. which is good because Jesus Christ, Nightbane was already, Nightbane had been around for a while then. Mm-hmm. And now we're we're 22 years later from when this has been. I'm often I am often struck by by how by how long Palladium is by how long it's been going. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's longevity and staying power are very noteworthy. Yeah, and one of the things like that I what we were talking about earlier that I feel that must be taken care of is like I don't want to reboot it because that that's part of its charm. Yeah, is that it's never it's never had to do that. I just want to organize it. Same, I. Yeah. Don't want to reboot it. I just want to organize it. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I want to keep playing the system order to be fully compatible with everything that's been done so far. Mm-hmm. I just want to organize and clarify and maybe streamline. I take every single paragraph, reduce it by mm, 70% of its words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're long-winded, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing ourselves any favors. No, <laughs> so, no, we're not. We do love you guys. We really, really do. We we're really sorry. Do. We do. We do. We promise. Please don't hate us. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got. Yeah. yeah. So nightbane. We're bats. Vampire bats. Of a variety. Yep. And they have an interesting story. I love everything about the werebats. I love their little societies. I love the different breeds, the different factions of them. I don't like. The Kumangas, the new insect oh, monsters. Yeah. yeah. The reason being, Nightbane doesn't need more weird demon threat things from who knows yeah. where. You've already got the Nightlands. You've already got the Night Lords. It always feels to me that when they add more bad factions to Nightbane, mm-hmm. they're taking away from the core threat and focus that is the main problem, which is the yeah. Night Lord's invasion of Earth. Like, when, when you think about it, I, I actually just rewatched this, uh, the old cartoon. Who was the enemy of Eon Flux? It was the chairman, wasn't it? Or yeah, it was. Trevor Goodchild. Yeah. Like, a, a really first-rate villain. Yeah. Who, who's, who's, the, who's the enemy in Rifts? Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's... I I think you need a Moriarty, and I, I hate to be that formulaic, but that was supposed to be, you know, Archie, and like th- there's a lot of different different levels for this, but I just uh, there's a part of me that feels, and we got into this in our last one a bit that that just feels like it's 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 overload with rifts, yeah, it's overload. That said, I I got used to it pretty quickly with the rifts, mm-hmm. rifts whole thing is there are rifts and anything good or bad can come through at any time so there at least i mean at least there's a a thematic reason for it but with nightbane 
Nightbane's yeah. whole premise is the Night Lords are invading Earth. Mm-hmm. That's that's the premise of the setting. That's its whole purpose. When you start adding in more other factions are invading too, suddenly it's like, oh. Yeah, it, it gets confused. Yeah. You know, I'm going to retract that too because one of the things Palladium is really good at is just saying that this is this is usable if you want. And especially in the rifters, like this is all optional. So, yeah. you know what? I'm going to I'm going to take a step back and say, you know what? It's not muddled. It's it's a variety. It's a, it's a smorgasbord and you can pick what you want. Okay. Yeah. I still don't I, like I, these guys. I am wrong. <laughs> 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 One thing I really did like was um, right after that, though, the uh, the Laughing Man RCC. Okay, yes. That, that is fucking badass. I want to read a little bit of the text aloud here. Mm-hmm. The Laughing Man is a psychic aberration. Once a psychic healer, the Laughing Man is a psychotic killer out to cleanse the world of evil. The once benign nature of the human is overshadowed by the fact that he or she is now a despicable supernatural predator. Parapsychologists and other psychic investigators theorize that a laughing man originates as a psychic healer who attempts to heal a thoroughly evil, usually supernaturally evil, individual. While probing for the affliction or disease, the healer is made to witness the swirling chaos and evil that resides in that victim. Some say the healer is literally driven mad and becomes this vile creature. Ah, oh, God, I love that. Like, yeah, yeah. This this strikes me in a, a, a Cthulhu way. This strikes me uh, in a Mercedes Lackey Herald of Valdemar way. Because what you have here. Is, is a healer who's establishing a channel to what they're healing, but inside they find this vast darkness. And that vast darkness overcomes the light of the healer and, and grows and grows and grows. And that's how it becomes birthed onto the planet. It's so good. Like this, this had a lot of thought in it, and I really like it. And I, I even like the name because it's, it's it, yeah, there's, there's nothing about this that I don't like. And James, James Calder, I believe came up with this yep james but calder Fantastic this is work, something james. i would drop into anything this can be dropped in you know i think this was fortnite bane or beyond the supernatural but this would work fantastic in riffs this would work fantastic in palladium fantasy this would work anywhere this would work fantastic in D. just the concept of it is so beautiful and i i love this i would have bought this magazine for this this one rcc yeah this gives me so many wonderful art house horror movie vibes Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) oh yeah i I, i'm thinking of vincent d'onofrio in the cell oh i forgot about that movie Mm -hmm. yes yes what i get is dexter with magic dexter but dexter was good no, Dexter was not good. Well, I mean, he tried to work towards good. Ultimately, this guy is a fucking... Okay, oh, okay, 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 okay. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. This would be a Dexter more driven by the dark passenger. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. If you haven't, this is something you should you should put your eyes on. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you enjoy more than just punch meat monsters over and over and over again, 
this is this is something that would greatly enrich a campaign. Hands down, one hundred percent approval here. You do it, make it, and then tell us about and it. I, <laughs> and I'm I'm not I'm I don't want to denigrate punch meat. Punch meat has its place. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. But <laughs> so after that, we have the continuing saga of the Machinations of Doom graphic novel worked by Ramon Perez and Colleen Lexalt. Mr. Perez is his art is like Kevin Long is your art. And mm-hmm. I love Kevin Long's art, but Ramon Perez is my vision of rifts and the machinations of doom. This graphic novel is fantastic. And I want more of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I own the graphic novel and it's, it's long enough to tell an interesting story and really, really, really immerse you in the world while at the same mm-hmm. time leave you just uh, craving more. Yeah, I, I've I've always loved clean lines and shadow work. It's like, um, I, I, I like that when Frank Miller does it. I like it when anyone does it. Mm-hmm. It who Who's the uh, the two guys? Um, ben Temple Smith and uh, mm-hmm. what's his name? I've never really been good at associating comic artists' names with their work and what their role in that work is. But I know right. Temple Smith, I remember his name from some of the Dead Space comics and the 30 Days of Night comics. Those comics also had very similar, good, solid lines, mm-hmm. set blacks. And like the blacks yeah. are really, really evocative blacks in just the right places to to fill the picture. You know, I imagine though in the day of of way back in the days of inks and toners that the, the, those just made people crazy. It's like, okay, well, that's going to be a page that costs $5 more than the normal <laughs> or five times more than the normal page. Yeah. But, but man, it just, it just gives you so much more. Uh, then you get adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one uh, that's Eastern or, uh, or Russian themed. Yeah, both the monks and the demon quellers, I believe, are from Rift Japan, which is going to be the next world yeah. book we do. And this is oh, you know, good. a few years after that, of course. But I think that mm-hmm. they they mention Russia and they mention China, but there's clearly a heavy focus on the Japan Japanese classes here. Yeah. Then there's a uh, a, a Americana uh, vampire one. Yeah. The well, okay. This is a. The text in here about the American vampire mm-hmm. is actually a prelude to a book that would come out afterward, a Rift's World book called Arsno. A lot of this is reprinted in Arsno. It makes its way into its own yet. book. Blood Priest. Yeah, yeah. There's you know, 14 yeah. Stone, which yeah, is a vampire-occupied city, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, the Blood Priest... Uh, one of them that really got me was the abandoned vampire. So the description mm-hmm. of the abandoned vampire basically being a, a, a secondary vampire whose vampire higher up intelligence, like all the way up the chain, said, no, not anymore. And just sucked the vampire powers out of them while still leaving them the crazy person that they are. <sighs> It's the pathos of the half elf, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's man. um. So the vampires are the fallen, but it's a fallen, fallen. Yeah, it's like you, you got nobody. Like you, you are the last for dodgeball. Mm-hmm. Like nobody, 
nobody has chosen you. <laughs> and it's so weird. Like, Palladium is the only setting where I like vampires. I, I don't like vampires really? and other things. I couldn't stand World of Darkness vampires and the whole, oh, oh, this is so tragic. Oh, God. This, this, this whole warring factions things. Palladium's vampires. I know that Vampire the Masquerade was all supposed to be all about how the vampires were true monsters and that whole fight between monsters and humanity. But really all it was is about politicking. It was never played that way. Palladium's vampires are fucking monsters. <laughs> yeah. Monsters. <laughs> and there's so many different variants of that monster that try to make you feel bad for it. But in the end, you're like, really, you're no. still just a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah. I have you ever um, a tangent here. Have you ever seen uh, if the emperor had a text to speech device on YouTube? I, I'm By sorry. Alpha Say those again. If the emperor had a text to speech device. I, I've never heard of this. Okay. It's a, it's a fan Warhammer 40 K thing. <laughs> and it's, it's fantastic. Like it, it's brilliant. And when, you know, uh, fucking they did their, their latest bullshit and all the fans got scared and stopped producing content. That was the first thing to go. And we were all very sad. It was a big deal. But games workshop. Yeah, but they did something. They approached World of Darkness and said, hey, look what we've built. Can we use your stuff? And they said, oh, my God, yes, please take anything you want (laughs) to it. And they have produced this amazing show called Hunter the Parenting. And it's about vampire hunters. And I'm going to take this opportunity to plug it here on the podcast. And you yourself personally, there's only like seven episodes now NBC dude you gotta watch this Funny. you will love it you will you will pee yourself with howls of laughter okay how how okay web series comedy level how does it laugh wise compare to say like Helsing abridged I, I don't know I haven't seen it there's too much out there man <sighs> okay all right I'll trade you though if you watch my, if you watch mine show me yours I'll show you mine you know <laughs> like let's do this shit <laughs> all right and for all of you out there, Hunter, the parenting, Alpha Busa, check it out. There will be a link. Follow it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, vampires. Anyway, because it's about vampire hunters. Yeah. That was how my brain worked. Following the vampires, now we have necromancers. And I'm bored with necromancers. Here's, here's yeah. something that I'm actually particularly bored with when it comes to necromancers. Almost every single necromancer class you will ever read about in anything will always say, arguably the most powerful of the necromancers practitioners of magic, the powers of the blah, 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 or blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, but wasn't the last one the most powerful necromancer? Oh, okay. Well, this one's the most powerful necromancer. Pay no attention oh, no, to the, the necromancer behind actually. the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a big old undead dick waving contest. It just... <laughs> <laughs> So when when they gather around the magic circle, that that's probably what they're doing under the robes, right? Is how far does the robe stick out? Disqualifications for bellies. I mean, you know, you got to pack a literal bone. <laughs> I like the artist though. Um, who is that? A Z H I L H. What do we got there? I I don't know. I don't actually know who that who that is. Mm. It's it's a Z. I'm going to skip back to the beginning real fast here and see, because I really like their work. That is, uh, hell, there's no one in there with a Z. Okay. Fantastic. They're going to make it easy. 
It's not Bray. It's not Perez. It's not Johnson. Beers? Apollo? Oh, fuck, I don't know, man. I don't know. Damn it. <laughs> well, I will say that the Death Walker, I actually like. But mm-hmm. I, I like it because it's one of the few necromancers in Palladium that actually has an army of the dead. And yeah. from, from my understanding, that's what a necromancer should be. They should just command an army of the dead. Right? Classic. Yeah. Uh, also, I think uh, Warborn was the first use of that word before um, uh, it was used in uh, D&D. Warborn. Where is it used in D&D? It was what they were calling the Warforged before they they were like, oh, fuck. Oh, huh. Hmm. Yeah. The, the, the sentient robot yeah. golem peoples. Yeah, well, these are robot necromancers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Also, yep. I like, I like just, I, I don't like the picture. I don't like what it is, but I love the name War Baby. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, that is a pretty fuckety picture. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's another, why, why did they give them the penis head? Yep. Like, I never understood. Yep. Yep. What did you think of that short story? Three words. I kind of liked it. It was the um that was the one with the the coalition guards mm-hmm. and the uh the the, the Spider Man avenging his friend. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it actually. It was it was it was sad. It was it it had a good pathos. I liked it a lot. I got a bit of emotions. Yeah. Yep. It's like he 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 had a friend and they killed my friend. Yeah. This is the kind of fiction that I like the most. This you know, slice of something happening in the mm-hmm. world kind of stuff. I love it. Yeah. You know, it's not heroes out there shooting up bad guys. It's not a whole bunch of laser guns and robots. It's just something happening somewhere that you might not actually think about what goes on in a coalition prison kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, haha, I got another one for you, warden. Chuck it in. And that's the end of that story, right? No, that's not the end of that story. <laughs> yeah. And then we have stories, continuations of Hammer of the Forge and Siege Against Tolkien. Yeah. They just keep going. You know, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I, I haven't read these. I'm going to kind of wait till they end and then I'm going to sit down and read them all. That's what I've actually been doing myself, too. I'm yeah. not reading them. I'm waiting until the end and then mm. want to give them their own, their own focus. As a whole. Yeah, because I, I, I think, and that's what we should do here, is that we should actually read the stories and then we'll discuss it on, on the show. Like, I'm content with skipping till then. Yeah, we could make it part of the book club. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we were doing that, weren't we? Yeah, we were. We were doing that. We should do that. Uh, that's about the end of it. It ends on the stories. And there we have Rifter number eight. The Rifters are getting better. We're, we're at eight now. And I, I feel like... Like there, there's, there's fluff. There's always going to be fluff, but I, I feel like in each one for the past couple, I have seen something that was truly next level mm-hmm. and I, I really like where it's going. Yeah. There's some really fantastic content coming up too. Like I, yeah. I like the stuff that's in here for the most part. And I like a lot of the stuff that we've seen so far. Some of my favorites are in the low numbers and I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward for us to get to the teens. Yeah. Excellent. And eventually we'll, of course, get to the swimsuit issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should absolutely do that. (laughs) So on this one, should you buy it? If you like 
Nightbane or Palladium Fantasy and you want to add some variety to your games, then yes, I would say go for it. It's also got some good content in here for Rifts. Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. It doesn't really have much in the way of the other games. Well, Systems Failure too. Sorry. It doesn't have anything for Heroes. Doesn't have anything for Ninjas. Doesn't have anything for Phase World. Still had Robotech, so yeah, nothing there either. Doesn't have anything for Robotech. Doesn't have anything for Ninja Turtles. So, you know. I gotta say, though, the... Um... The the laughing man though I, I I would say yeah go ahead and pick this up true because it's just I mean that that's really that's really good yeah so that, not must have but should have that that character class alone I think makes this worth buying yeah because you can put it anywhere and you're gonna just do what three pages three pages of a character class and you're gonna get mileage mm-hmm. out of it it is in my opinion. One of the best villainous OCCs I've yet seen in Palladium's tomes to this to this date and time on the, of this publication. Uh, agreed. Yeah. The the sympathy factor of the 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 overwhelmed healer. And like you you can play a redemption arc with that, like struggling to 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 bring that person back to to overthrow the intelligence that has overwhelmed their personality, only to find that it's been gone and scattered to the four winds. Oh god. Uh, but I mean, th- there's an awful lot you can do with that as your base for your antagonist. And yeah, it's just that, that, uh, that is first rate writing. And I think, I think it's worth the book right there. And that's Rifter eight. Yep. Go buy it. All right. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> Cheers. Starships, magic, mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Sher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies. And I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback. And you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, The Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.